On today's show, the Yankees sweep the Bronx half of the Subway Series. We'll go through the game and talk about the performances, specifically Frankie Montas, because we spoke about his pitching and the numbers that have been tweaked since he came over from the A's. We're going to go through all of his pitches. Plus, we'll talk about other performances from Tuesday night's game. Plus, the 2023 schedule is out, the tentative schedule. And there are some interesting changes, and we're going to talk about them all next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Yankee fans. It's August 24th. 2022. <laughs> the Yankees are off, but Locked On Yankees isn't off. And thank you for making us your first listen every day. We're calling this the primetime edition of Locked On Yankees. Yes, it's later in the day, but the Yankees are off. And, you know, I wasn't the only one with this idea. Ryan of Locked On Mets actually messaged me earlier and said, when are you using the room? Because I didn't do my show yet. I said, me either, because my guys are off as well. So he had the same idea as me. Um, you can listen to us on every podcasting platform available. You know that. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please like and comment. And I posed this question yesterday at the end of the show. I'm going to pose it now. Would you be interested in joining me in a live stream on Friday night before the game? Because it's a West Coast game. It's an A's game. They're going to be out West for a week and, you know, playing mostly late games. And I thought Friday could be fun. We can do a pregame episode. And, you know, you guys could ask questions. We can discuss things that are happening with the Yankees. So let me know if you want to do that on YouTube. Um, leave a comment, please. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, here we are. The Yankees won the two games against the Mets in the Bronx. Their season isn't over. Yay. Yay. I actually had the same feeling yesterday that I had on uh, Monday. I don't know why. I, I felt good about them going. All right. Wait a minute. Let me let me retract that for a second. OK. I was feeling good on Sunday after they beat the Jays, especially because it was Alec Manoa. But I was worried about the Mets because at first we thought that they were going to be facing Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom back to back. Instead, it was. Max Scherzer and Taiwan Walker, but still, I don't know. I just had a relaxed feeling on Monday, and then I had a relaxed feeling yesterday before the game. I just felt, I don't know, this weird energy that I don't normally feel because I'm a pessimist, and I just thought to myself, I think they can win tonight. I think it'll be okay. Now, ultimately, it was, but my God, did it get scary in the ninth inning. I posted it on Twitter, and in case you didn't see it, and in case you don't follow me, if you're not watching this on YouTube, it's Stay Scots on Twitter. I showed my Apple Watch to show you how I get during scary ninth innings. My resting heart rate. I was sitting with my laptop in front of me. I wasn't pacing the room. You know, I didn't jump up and down. I wasn't freaking out. I was sitting watching the game and my resting heartbeat was 111. 
Yeah, my average resting heart rate is 69.70. So yeah, those types of games do things to me. And I know I talk about this all the time, but I'm, you know, I'm getting, oh, I'm going to be 48 on Friday. I'm getting too old for this, guys. Can you not? Really? Like, can you not? But I will say, even with the scariness of the ninth inning, and even though my heart was beating out of my chest, I still felt good. I felt like they were still going to win. I felt like maybe even if the Mets tied it up in the ninth, the Yankees were going to walk it off, you know? Like, I just felt like it was, there was... It felt like the win was inevitable. That's what I'm trying to say. So let's go talking about this. Let's let's talk about the win because it was a good one. You know, honestly, after how they performed in City Field, after how they performed, well, City Field wasn't that bad, but after how they performed against the Blue Jays, as I said, that, that three-game stretch was going to be really tough, and the Yankees won all three games by a score of 4-2. And all three games featured Andrew Benintendi getting the game-winning hit. Someone's waking up. Someone is getting used to being a Yankee. And someone is definitely becoming the player that he was with the Red Sox, but with the Yankees. So we don't hate him now. Now we enjoy Andrew Benintendi. It's nice. It's very nice. Actually, I'll go through the numbers right now because I bookmarked a tweet for you. So in case you missed it, Andrew Benintendi in his first 17 games with the Yankees, batting 185, 10 for 66. With five doubles, five runs batted in, a 586 OPS, and 15 strikeouts. His next eight games, including last night, Batting 345, 10 for 29, with three doubles, one triple, a home run, four runs scored, five runs batted in, and only five strikeouts. Much better. And as I said, three games in a row of 4 2 scores. This is the first time, this is from Katie Sharp. If you don't follow Katie Sharp on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? This is the first time the Yankees have won three straight games, each by the exact score of 4-2. The only other teams that have done this since 1901. The 2013 Brewers, the 01 Cubs, the 1981 Cardinals, and the 1921 Dodgers. Wow, so the Yankees are the only ones to do it in an even year. That's something. Interesting. So yeah, last night's game was annoying at first because the Yankees couldn't get anything done against Taiwan Walker. And then um, they did get something done against Taiwan Walker, but then DJ LeMayhew hit into a double play, right? Because Benintendi got the hit and then DJ got the double play. And you're just thinking, again? And then Aaron Judge. I said it going into the game last night. In nine at-bats against Taiwan Walker, he had three hits. All three were home runs. And then last night, he hits 116-mile-an-hour exit velocity, which I know some people don't care about that, but that's a hard-hit ball. And you could hear it when it was... When the bat hit that ball, that sound that it made, that poor ball. And then it went 453 feet. For Aaron Judge's 48th home run. I told you not to panic yesterday. Everyone was panicking when he went nine whole games without a home run. And now he's had two in a row. So Judge is fine. It's the dog days of summer. 
you know, maybe this will turn the Yankees around a bit and they'll be okay. I did voice my concern with the fact that, you know, now that they're sort of doing okay, they're going to Oakland, which is, I don't know. They just seem to have trouble when they play in Oakland for some reason. I don't know why. But we're going to go more into this game from last night in segment two and go through Montas's performance because, as I said, some of the numbers have changed from when he was with Oakland to when he was with the Yankees. We're going to go through the percentages of his pitches from last night. But first, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So last night's game was quiet at first. You know, because the Mets weren't really doing anything either. The Yankees score two in the fourth. Mets scored two, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, to tie the game. And then the Yankees pull ahead in the seventh, thanks to Andrew Benintendi and Aaron Judge. So the Yankees are now 76-48. and 48. Still in first place by a healthy margin, even though uh, the Rays and Jays are keeping up with them. It's fine. It'll be fine, everyone. Um, offensively, so Ben Benintendi was two for four. Judge was two for four. Rizzo, one for three. Torres, one for three. Oswaldo Cabrera was one for three. Trevino came in, pinch hit, got a hit. We can talk about Cabrera nailing Batty. I love that a guy who plays baseball's last name is Batty. Nailing Batty at the plate. We can also talk about Glaber Torres having a brain fart and allowing... Pete Alonso to score to tie the game. Good God. And then we can thank Pete Alonso for not being able to play first base very well defensively, missing a ball and allowing the Yankees to go ahead in the seventh inning. So thank you for that, Pete Alonso. But that play by Glaber, I don't know what he was doing. Did he not realize? Maybe he didn't realize Alonso was at third and was held up and then could have made it home and then he tried to be who was it at second was it McNeil I don't know it was just such a bad play and the thing that drives me crazy about Glaber is he can make a really spectacular play like he did earlier in the game with IKF with the bare hand double play which was amazing and then he can make a boneheaded play like he did there that cost them a run and it's like you want to shake him like what are you doing you know um thankfully no harm no foul it was another situation where the Yankees let the team tie them and then they were able to pull ahead and stay ahead, which is a good sign because that wasn't happening while they were losing, obviously. Like they were letting leads get away from them and just 
not being able to do anything or not being able to hold leads. And now they're being able, they're able to do that for now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Montas, five and two thirds, because he threw a lot of pitches in the first few innings, uh, especially the first inning, two runs on six hits, one walk, six strikeouts. ZRA is three, three, eight, four. And this was his pitch count. 92 pitches, 25 sinkers, 23 four-seam fastballs, 17 splitters, 16 cutters, 11 sliders. Now, if you combine the sinker and the four-seamer, because those are the two fastballs that he uses, let's see, 52%, 52%, which is a little bit lower then the number I said the other day where he's throwing his fastball 61% with the Yankees. So that's a good sign, I think, that his number of fastballs isn't that much higher. And the splitter was up. The cutter and the slider were up. A little more even between all of them. His miles per hour were up as well. Slightly, but on every single pitch. The biggest difference was his slider was up by almost a full mile per hour. His year average is 87.1, and he was averaging 88 last night. So, maybe he was a little pumped up. But that was a good sign from him. Because, as I said on yesterday's show, I'll look at the numbers again, because I want to make sure that I get them right. That they had changed his usage for some reason so with oakland he was averaging 49.9 percent with his fastball last night was 52 if you combine the four seam and the sinker so closer to his oakland number compared to his first few starts with the yankees he was throwing his fastball at a 61.1 percent clip now the splitter hmm yeah, see, he evened everything else out because the splitter was at 26% with Oakland, almost 16% slider, and 9% cutter. And last night it was up a bit. 12% with the slider, 17 with the cutter, 18 with the splitter. So, yeah, it seemed better. It did seem better. So maybe that's a good sign for Montas. Hopefully it is. But let's talk about that ninth inning because... Oh, my God. Um, Clark Schmidt was cruising, and he was cruising in the beginning of the ninth inning, got those first two outs really quickly, and then all hell broke loose. And before you knew it, the bases were loaded with Mets. Lindor was coming to the plate, and Aaron Boone's like, yeah, we got to get Wandy. <laughs> we got to get Wandy Peralta in here. Now, Lindor missed a double by about mm, two to three feet down the line. And, okay, so I'll admit that made my heart beat really fast. But thankfully, they got him to hit a fly ball to Floreal. And the Yankees won 4-2. But again, it's very strange that they've won three in a row. Three scores exactly the same. And Andrew Benintendi getting the game-winning hit in every game. <laughs> That's just... That's funny. That's funny. And I feel like Oswaldo Cabrera, no matter what position he plays in, he makes an amazing play. 
I don't know what Batty was doing running on him because he wasn't that deep at all. And I will say I did like that Cabrera gave Kyle Higashioka all the credit on that play because he did bounce it. Now, it was right on the nose, but he did bounce it ahead of Higashioka. And it wasn't that easy of a play for Higashioka. So great on both ends. Big out, really. Uh, that could have changed the game in a really bad way if the Mets had scored. So good on Oswaldo Cabrera. You know, he's not really hitting the ball, but at least he's his defense is really good. So... And he's just so happy. And he's so happy to be with the Yankees. And just, you know, he says all the right things in his post game. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying him. Also, Clark Schmidt gave all the credit in the world to Wandy Peralta for, and he said, this is what he said. He said, saving his ass. Now, they didn't show that on the Yes YouTube. But that's what he said. <laughs> so in a moment, we're going to talk about the new schedule. Because this is a big deal. We don't have to deal with so many division games, in-division games. Some people are not happy about this. Personally, I'm thrilled because, you know what? The fewer times the Yankees have to face the Red Sox, the happier I am. No offense to people in Boston and no offense to um, the Boston players, but enough is enough. I'm, I'm sick and tired of that stuff. But uh, first, let's talk about this. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, boxing, UFC, MMA, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's talk about the schedule because some people are not happy about it. As I said, I'm actually pretty happy about it. And I took screenshots. I have to blow them up because even with my glasses, I don't see that well. So the Yankees open up the 2023 season against San Francisco at home on March 30th. And of course, they have that built-in off day on the Friday because that's a Thursday. So they play San Francisco for three at home. They play the Phillies at three for home. No, I said that backwards. They play Philly 4-3 at home. I know how to speak, I swear. Then they go on the road to play Baltimore in Baltimore's home opener, I'm assuming, because there's an off day on that Friday as well. They play three in Cleveland. Then they play Minnesota for four at home, have an off day, play the Angels for three, Toronto for three, Minnesota for three in Minnesota, Texas for four. No, three. Wait a minute. What? What am I looking at? Oh, I'm going from March into July. Because I'm like, wait a minute, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> okay, that that would have been funny. That would be a very bad schedule. Because I'm like, why do they not have a day off for like 25 days? That is not right. So this schedule is preliminary and sub subject to change. So let's let's talk about the bigger matchups. All right, so the Subway Series at... City Field, June 13th, June 14th. 
and then the Yankee half of it in the Bronx, July 25th, 26th. Now, let's see which teams are they. I'm trying to see which teams they're playing that they don't normally play. Okay. The Padres will be playing here in May. Cool. Oh, the Dodgers. That's right. Damn it. So they're playing the Dodgers in early June of 2023. They go to St. Louis again. They go to Pittsburgh again. I'm trying to think of any other. Oh, they play the Marlins. Okay, so that's something slightly different. That's cool. Colorado. They go to Colorado. That should be fun. It's always fun to see balls flying out of cores. And, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the fact that the Yankees are playing the Giants and, you know, Aaron Judge is from that part of California and the Giants will probably be making a big push for him, hometown boy, and it could be emotional either way if he stays with the Yankees and plays against the Giants or if he signs with the Giants and comes back to Yankee Stadium. I don't want to think about that. (laughs) No, you don't either. They're going to Cincinnati. That's fun. That's a nice ballpark. That's somewhere I'd want to go. Would you want to go to Cincinnati? I think so. Pittsburgh is definitely a place that I want to go to. They're playing Milwaukee at home, Arizona at home. So, okay, the NL West. Yeah, interesting. It's an interesting schedule. The Cubs will be coming here right before the All-Star break. And then the Yankees go out to Colorado and Anaheim after the All-Star break. Oh, wait, hold on. No West Coast trip for my birthday next year. Yay. Although they'll be in Tampa. Why do they have to be on the road on my birthday? Come on. Did I ever tell you all about this? The Yankees are historically not that great on my birthday for some reason. I don't know why. And this goes back, like, because I looked it up just the years that I've been alive. But then I decided one time to look back all the way back to, like, the 1930s. And for some reason... The Yankees are not that great on August 26th. I don't know what it is about the date, but (laughs) maybe they just don't like playing on August 25th or 6th. Oh my God, I got my birthday wrong. Um, Oh, after they play the Marlins in August, they're playing Atlanta in Atlanta. So they go from Miami to Atlanta. Then they go to Boston and, or no, they welcome Boston here. Then they play the Nationals. So cool. NL West. NL East, NL Central, but who's missing? I feel like someone's missing from the NL. Did I say all the NL Central teams? I think I did, right? Yeah, I actually like this schedule because uh, they just, they play some of these other teams way too much. And I think they're playing Houston eh, seven times. Although this time the four games, it'll be a four game series at Yankee Stadium in August. And a three game series in September in Houston. Okay. And to close out the season, three games in Toronto, three games in Kansas City. And they, the end of the season is October 1st, 2023. I don't know about you, but I find it crazy that we're talking about 2023. I know we're in 2022, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of disappointed. I really thought that by now things would be a lot more futuristic. Does that make sense? 
I forgot to talk about this during the bet online thing, but Albert Pujols is quickly approaching, that's the word, 700 home runs. And Okay, thank you. I'm looking at this right now. Will Albert Pujols reach 700 home runs during this regular season? I believe he's up to 693. So it looks very likely that he might do it. Um, Now, the odds imply that there's only a 10% probability that he will hit 700. But if you wanted to bet on that, you could. Yeah, because he's up to 693. He has 39 games remaining to hit seven. I think I think he can do that. Yeah. Leave a comment below on YouTube or tweet at me if you're listening to this and let me know because I think he can. I, I, <laughs> I think he can do that within the next three weeks. He can do that if he gets on a, on a roll, really. Um, and if they decide to play him more because he's on that roll. Kind of amazing. He looked like he was dead in the water, and now all of a sudden he's hitting all these home runs. Kind of like uh, Justin Verlander. Unbelievable. His career looked like it was, like, nearly over five, six years ago. Then he has Tommy John surgery, comes back from it. He's almost 40. He has over 3,100 innings on his ear, on his, ear, <laughs> on his arm, on his elbow, more to the point. And he's having the best season of his life. Baseball, don't you love it? So on tomorrow's show, we'll preview the four-game series against Oakland, which begins tomorrow night in Oakland. And, yeah, right now the Yankees don't have their starters listed. But I will say this. On Friday night, they're facing J.P. Sears. And J.P. Sears has been amazing for Oakland since he was traded over there. Good for you. Hopefully he won't embarrass the Yankees, but I kind of have a feeling they're not going to be able to hit him because he's been do. I mean, his ERA is sub two. He's just doing really well. Him and Jordan Montgomery have just been incredible since they've been traded and good for them. So yeah, tomorrow's show will be a preview of the A's series. We'll talk about the return of Giancarlo Stanton because he will be activated tomorrow. And we'll talk about anything else that needs to be talked about. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube. Click on the bell so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to us, why not listen to Locked On MLB? Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the game's biggest stories from all around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.